podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. spoke about playing under Gerti Volts and reaching the playoff for Euro 2004. Now we move on to playing under Walter Smith, Alex McLeish and that infamous Euro 2008 qualifying campaign. Walter Smith was appointed. Was he what Scotland needed at that point? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the, in the squad um, towards the end of Bertie's uh, time. And, um, and, and I'd probably actually felt that I'd had my chance and I'd had my, my goal. You know, I think um, I think I was 12, 13 caps and, um, you know, Walter came in um, and, and I think he had a big get-together, 30-odd players uh, to start with. I wasn't involved in that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was okay with it. You know, I didn't really expect to be in it. I was probably 32 at the time as well. I still played at the top level and probably dismissed as part of that group that had failed sort of thing. Um, so it was, I, I turned into a Scotland sporter again instead of a Scotland player, you know, and, and just seen it from afar. But I think maybe a second or third game, I think um, had, a, had a few injuries. I think it was actually in the summer. Um, and, and Preston at the time were in the playoff final for the, for the to get to the Premier League. And um, I think it Possibly David Moyes again. I think I think Walter had a relationship with David Moyes, and mm-hmm. I think Walter had a few injuries, and I think it spoke to David, and I think David said that Graham won't let you down, you know. If and he, he uh, you know, he rang me up and asked me to rejoin the squad, and I was more than happy to. And I probably had what I felt was my best eighteen months, two years playing for Scotland and under Walter. It was a brilliant, brilliant time. It was it was a big contrast from what I'd experienced before. And and I think you're right. I think he was perfect to run with that after that because, as I go back to, did Bertie possibly understand what the Scottish culture mentality of the player was? Then Walter Smith did. <laughs> you know, to a T. You know, you couldn't get anyone more qualified really for that role. So it was, you know, it was the perfect appointment. You know, after after Bertie. What sort of qualities? Did Walter Smith possess then on top of that that made him perfect to lead a changing room? I always I, I um I was I was like I always I was always quite dismissive of people when they say, Oh, he's got an aura, you he walks in the room. This is about anybody, you know, oh you walk in the room and everyone's and I was really because I I don't think I'd ever been in the presence of someone like that. Mm-hmm. Or see, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd never felt that way. And then when I joined up with the squad and then Walter come onto the training pitch or came into the meeting room. It was like, oh yeah, that that's what it is. <laughs> and, and, and it's hard to put your finger on it. You, you can't. You know what I mean? It's like he, he wasn't really vocal. He wasn't the life and soul. He, he was like the don. You know, <laughs> you know that, that's that's what you know. 
he was the godfather and it was that and he had so much and there was a lot of players in that squad who had obviously played under him and, and knew him already I didn't you know I didn't I didn't know him personally um, but you could you, you could see it you could feel the football knowledge just seeping out of his paw sort of thing and uh, he, he was brilliantly assisted with, with Tom Burns you know God, God bless him and and uh, Coistley Alan Coist you know who obviously both Rangers and Celtic legends so I think that brought it, it was a, such a genius I think it brought everyone together if there was any inkling of any divisions that was none it was brilliant and them two were unbelievable you know as people around the place as coaches of their experience and it was a brilliant team and it, it felt I always felt it felt like club football it felt, it felt, it felt like that, that's what it felt like it felt like you were you, you were interspersed with each other you know you were away for two months and then come back but it felt like you haven't been away mm-hmm. and, and that it was a brilliant brilliant time brilliant time to be involved I was going to ask, actually, you probably won't have played in many uh, teams that have backroom staff as, as charismatic as a, a pairing like no. McCoyst and, and Burns. Yeah, no, they, they, they were brilliant. They were absolutely comedy goal. Like, you know, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously Tom, Tom had worked with Bertie as well. So I got to know uh, Tommy quite quite well. And he, he was a really good guy. You know, he, I, I remember him coming come and speak to me once in my hotel room when I, when I got injured in training and I, and I was gutted to be missing the game. I think it was in Iceland. And he came, he just came up to my room just to check I was all right. You know, was it because he knew how much I wanted to play for Scotland and I was, how gutted I was. I was doing a fitness test and I was, no, oh, I'm all right. I was limping. I'm all right. I can play, you know, that sort of thing. And and, and he was, I, I just remember him coming to my room. He didn't have to. And he just came and had a chat with me for 10 minutes and, you know, sort of you know, just put me at rest and was, Bothered about me as a person, which was brilliant, and uh, and obviously him and Coisey, the it was like a comedy act, you know, like the the banter they had between each other was was phenomenal. It was phenomenal, and, and Walter just used to take a step back and chuckle away at them and <laughs> let them run with it. And it, it, honestly, it was a it was an absolutely amazing atmosphere to be involved. Every day training was fun. It was, but then when we got towards the end of the week, Walter would step in and and start building the the shape and the, the formation of the team and really clear with his instructions, you know, not overcomplicating things. And you knew exactly what you had to do on the, on the pitch for your team. And that was it. You know, there was no, you know, it, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was, it was a perfect environment, to be honest. You know, they had, we had a bit of everything. What, what position were you at that point? Because I look back and remember you as a bit of a utility guy, midfield now and again, fullback. Yeah, points. I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. I came into the squad as a right back and uh, played right back or right wing back, depending on um, uh, how the team played. Um, I, play, I played in a back three at centre half for, for Bertie against Portugal. I remember that. But then under Walter, with the injuries, it was um, I ended up playing left wing back most of the time. You know, I think I remember one of the first times it happened. I think it was an injury, and it was me and Jackie McNamara who were going to be the wing backs. And he, and he pulled us and he said, look, one of you is going to have to play left wing back. I goes, I'll do that. I'll play that. I, actually, I felt quite comfortable playing on my left foot as well as my right, you know, and, and actually, I just wanted to play. So I thought, if, if I can play in a couple of different positions, then it gives me more chances. So end up um, playing a left wing back for the majority of the time under Walter, to be honest. And um, and then it was after that when I, I moved my club position to midfield. And then when I was under... Um, 
George, a bit later on, I came back into, I was, I was in midfield. So I played in various positions, but my best spell was a left wing back under Walter. Yeah, um, really enjoyed it. So did you develop quite a good relationship with him then, Walter Smith? Yeah, per, 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 personal level as well as professional. Yeah, I I I felt that I don't I don't know about Walter, but I felt like you know I I think when he called me up, I, I was I'd I'd had this holiday booked. It was a it was a cruise, and and no, it cost it cost me a lot of money, and I you know I wasn't I couldn't not afford to to not go on it, and I, and I was saying oh, and when he called me up really late, it was probably three weeks before, and all this lot, and I was worried about telling the missus that <laughs> you know, and all this and explain it to him. He said, look. Get, get get your wife on the phone. I'll speak to her. I said no, no, no. Let, let let me do it. Let me do it. And all this like, and, and he and he said, look, the Scottish FA will cover your cost for your holiday. So you you know what I mean. You won't lose any money. I said right. I'm I'm, I'm coming. I, I I just I want I want to be back involved in the Scotland squad. And it was it was in the summer. You know, it was I played a full season. I played right up to the playoff final for, for Preston, and then it was another couple of games. I can't. I think it was it might have been Moldova. I'm not sure. And um Anyway, I came came back in, but I always felt after that that I'd 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 sort of shown Walter my loyalty to play for the, play for Scotland because he knew what I'd sort of put to the side to do it. You know, after a long season, he knew how much I wanted to play for Scotland, and I proved it. And I, and I think he always not repay. I started to earn my way into the team and stuff like that. But I I think he trusted me. That's what I felt. I felt that he trusted me as a player and as a, and as a person and as a man. Um, and that, for a player, I think is is so uh, heartening and, and confidence building. I, I felt so confident playing under, under Walter. Um, I felt that he trusted me, and that that's a big thing. And um, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was it was it was an ama- amazing time. And and you know some of the results we we had, and obviously the big one against France was. The, the cherry on top of the ice, on top of the cake. Um, you know, it's, uh, amazing. <laughs> Walter Smith's early results, you're correct, and Moldova would have been one of your, your first games. So Moldova, Belarus, Austria, Italy and Norway, undefeated against all of them. And then a, a difficult loss to, to Belarus uh, after that, which meant we couldn't qualify for 2006 anymore. But we went and thumped Slovenia straight after that, 3-0 in the final game of the group. Could you feel momentum building under Walter Smith ahead of the next campaign? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember that Slovenia game, I think 3-0, wasn't it, away? Yeah, um, three screamers. Yeah, in, in the sky blue kit. I remember mm-hmm. it. Um, it was I, we, just, we just felt so confident. And, um, you know, like I say, he didn't complicate it for us. He, he, he knew the strengths of what the squad could bring. Um, he put us all at ease that we didn't have to go up and out and charge and leave ourselves exposed. It was, you know, I remember the France game, especially that being the case, but we just, honestly, we had a lot of experience and good players. The players were confident. Walter and his staff gave us that confidence and um, he played to the players' strengths. I, I felt, you know, he didn't have a preconceived idea of how he wanted, I, I don't believe anyway, I, I could be completely wrong, but I think he always felt, this is a group of players, what suits them? Is how we're going to play, and um, it certainly worked. And and it was, it was a we built up momentum, and we went into any any game feeling really confident we could get a result. Even the France game, um, probably not confident we'd win, but confident that we could give them a really tough game, and and um, and them have to earn anything they got against us. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
you were a penalty taker at club level. Yes. Why did you never hit one for Scotland? Do you, do you know what? There was never one. It was it was because uh, I remember when um, I got back in the squad under under Walter, and um, obviously I, I'd score a lot of penalties and uh, and I practiced some in training even with Scotland and and Paul Hartley was in the squad as well. Who uh, you know mm-hmm. you know he had a great uh, ability to take penalties as well. And I remember even coming up to us and saying, "Look, you can both score penalties. This at the other. How do you ever want to decide it?" So. Me, me and Paul came up with this thing that if we got one in the first half, one of us would take it. If we got one in the second half, the other one would take it. So we had this like little agreement if we if we had it. And then that whole time we didn't get a penalty. And it was like, <laughs> and I, I was I was gutted, you know. I, I, I've gone close actually in the game because I was playing wing back and on the left I could come inside and right foot. And I had a couple of opportunities where I went close or keep made a save. I knew a penalty would be my best opportunity to score. Um, and and I remember, I remember we always played with back five, back three, back three wing backs, really hard to beat. And the one game we didn't, he left me out. He went to a back four, and it was because it was Faroe Islands at home. So he left me out because uh, he thought we'd be on the attack and all that. And we had two penalties in the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and if you'd have seen my face sat on the bench, <laughs> I was devastated, absolutely devastated. That I was thinking, oh, that's, that was my chance. That was my- <laughs> Chance to score, so that's that's the that's the only thing I look back on and go, I, I just didn't quite do. Yeah, I, I love to felt that emotion of scoring for for Scotland. It would have been that, it's, that, it's that, a one block when I see it. You know, forty caps, no goals. I'm like, oh. would have completed the trifecta for you playing for Scotland, yeah. playing for Scotland at Hamden, scoring yeah. for Scotland at Hamden. Yeah, mate, that that would have been the the, the jackpot. But um, you know, I. I'm being greedy if I, if it if it tinges with with regret it doesn't but it, it I would love to have that feeling I, I I loved when my team scored and celebrating but I know what it feels like when you score the goal yourself and uh, that's something I unfortunately I didn't experience. I think Kenny Miller nearly had one of those penalties saved as well against the Faders. I think the goalkeeper was steaming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we had two and I think they uh, did the Boyd score. I think Boyd scored oh, one. Yeah, as well. Chris Boyd, yeah, Chris Boyd scored it. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, look, there was loads of lads that wanted them, but um, yeah. for a spell, it was me and me and Paul Hartley that were in, you know, in control. But we didn't win a penalty. So <laughs> typical, typical. Uh, okay, let's focus then on on the the two thousand and eight campaign. Great start against uh, the Faroes and Lithuania. One of those awkward ties towards Eastern Europe that nobody really likes. Um, go over there and, and win, and then came the France game, which yeah. you've just described as the the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake on top of the, the sponge, whatever you want to call it. Was that was that the crowning moment, uh, beating France at Hamden? For, for me, that that was the, the highlight of, of, of my of my career. Yeah. That that um it was it was uh, start of the week, you're playing France and it's and it's the same feeling again. Can I get in the team? Can I be in the team? Can I be in the team? So you competitive you train and um and then towards the end of the week you get an inkling, could be in the team. A couple of days before, you're in the team. Brilliant, happy days. Then um, I realised I was on 24 caps. On, on your 25th cap, you get a little silver medal, mm-hmm. which um, you know it's another character chase. You know, yeah. and, it, and I'll be honest, I was like, brilliant. It's 25th cap. We're playing France at home. What, what's this going to turn out like? I, <laughs> I, 
I want, I want to go. I want to go and celebrate Saturday night with my with my dad and my granddad and my wife and my family. Yeah, getting twenty five caps, winning silver, but I don't want to be on the back of hiding. <laughs> that, that's it. So it was a bit of that, but it was like, do you know what? Forget that. Let's go. Let's, you know, and I just, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't remember. You know, I played over a thousand games, so I don't remember loads of team talks or discussions about games. But I, I clearly remember Walter putting us all at ease, saying, listen, they're going to have the ball. Don't worry about it. Don't go chasing it. The crowd will want you to. <laughs> they love a tackle. They love your chain. You know, they love that. They, they'll goad you into doing it. If we do that, pop, 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 goal. Game on. Do not do it. Let them out. And it just it took, took the pressure off us. It said the pressure will build on them to come, come at us. This is how the game will go if it goes to our plan, we will have an opportunity to score. If we take that, the pressure builds again on them. And, it, and honestly, it was, it was almost like a script to how the game went. But it, put, it certainly put me at ease that, right, my one job is to stop Frank Ribery. That is it. Don't go trying to overlap, getting crosses in. Don't try and get in at the far post from the other side. My one job is to do that. His job is to do that. His job is to do this. That's it. Do what the manager wants. That's it. And um, and that's what we did. Look, we had a bit of luck early on. I think they had a couple of opportunities, a couple of chances. I think Craig Gordon made a couple of good saves. I think he hit the post or something like that. But after that first spell, you could see their, you could feel their frustration. They weren't just a cakewalk. Um, and it grew and grew. And, and as their frustration grew, our confidence grew. And, and you know, you're just thinking when when is this opportunity that we might score? And obviously it came and, um, which was amazing, you know, it was a fantastic time to score, you know, but then, then it's like, right. <laughs> how, do, how do we dig in here and see this one out for, I mean, it seemed like two years, the rest of the game, but it was like, I don't know, it might've been 25 minutes or something like that, but, um, it was, but you looked around and you saw the experience and you saw the, the players throwing themselves in front of it for, for the show. The atmosphere was off the scale. And um, it, that, that for me, and then obviously the final whistle going, just that, that was just, um, uh, if there was one game I could go back and play again and be part of it, I think it'd be that one. So you rate that? more highly than the away game is that because it was on home turf with a sellout hand in I think so yeah I think there was loads of things I think um, Hamden it was probably it was my first big result against for Scotland it's my first big one um, you know against yeah. you know, I think in the World Cup final the year before or something or that year or something but it was my first big one it was my 25th cap it was a Hamden my dad my granddad wife up, up in the stands in the change room after all the, the big managers Alex Ferguson David Moyes all them coming into the change room to congratulate everybody go and see me my family after the game we actually went out in a restaurant in Glasgow um, that night and like I said I was a complete unknown in Scotland you know from mm-hmm. what I'd done this earlier and I remember the whoever ran the restaurant um got on the microphone, shut everyone up and introduced me to the, to the restaurant <laughs> like h- halfway through our meal. 
Um, and I'm sat there with my dad, who grew up in Glasgow, my granddad, who grew up in Glasgow, and here's their grandson, their son, in the middle of Glasgow, being introduced to the restaurant. And it was like, that That was like, it was, you know, just tears of, yeah. of, of enjoyment all the way through the day. And what it meant to my family was just um, amazing. Uh, it, honestly, I, I, and, and I got Thierry on my shirt at the end of the final. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. He was the one next to me. I'll just turn <laughs> again. I said, do you want to swap shirts? So just that. It, it, but it, everything that it meant, it was like a culmination of all the, the flack that I got for the first couple of years. Hanging in there, just wanted to play for Scotland, being, you know, being a being part of it and getting a second opportunity, you know, because I was out of the squad and then Walter took over and getting the second by the cherry. And then, you know, I knew that result would stand the test of time in the history of Scotland. And I and I'd played in it. So and we got another three points to help us try and qualify for the next tournament. But um so it, it was a perfect perfect day, absolute perfect day. There there were there was a new wave of, of players at, at that point. Coming in, I suppose some of the names would have been Maloney, uh, Boyd, and McCulloch, Hartley. You mentioned Hutton, McManus, and Scott Brown. Did you feel that the quality of the squad was improving uh, compared to three or four years previously? Well, look, you, you know, you, you ring those names off, and, and probably at the time they weren't the players they turned out with. But if you look at their careers since then, you know, some top top quality players there without a shadow of a doubt and um, you could see their talent you know and coming on I, I remember Alan Hutton sort of coming into a squad and I was like well I think that's my right back days over with <laughs> <laughs> because he, you know just the size of him his athleticism the way he could power forward he was he was quite an un-Scottish player at the time you know because of his his athleticism and his size and everything and what he, how he could take the ball so but yeah there was a lot there was some look the real good experience you know myself I was 34 35 David Weir Christian Daly Stephen Presley you know you know uh, Fergie Barry Ferguson there was a lot of real good experienced players in there as well but there was surrounded with some really good exciting young talent as well you know and obviously Gary Colwell who scored the winner and and um, it was a a real good squad of good quality and ticked a lot of boxes. You know, there was players that had had loads of different variations of quality, but together it was a it was a real strong team and squad. You, this is hypotheticals here, but you were you were a penalty taker. You were the designated penalty taker for Scotland. How do you think you would have coped if we'd won a penalty against France? Well, a bit it depending what half it had been because I think. I can't remember which way we had it round when <laughs> changed it, but it'd been depending on which half it had been me or, or Paul Hartley. But um, no, I, I, I did take big penalties, you know, in in playoffs and stuff like that, and um, that would have been the biggest one without a doubt. I think um, feeling wise, because the emotions of what it had meant to me. Um, but I, I, I practice a lot, and I did practice on the the whole thing of cutting out all the emotions and the feelings and the, the atmosphere and, and stuff like that. So it would have been hard to do that, really hard to do that. But that would have been my job, and I would like to like to feel and think that I would have done my job to the best I can. Wouldn't have been a guarantee, but I'd love to have had the opportunity. Yeah, I wouldn't have turned it down. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> With the 
would Caldwell's goal be the biggest rush you've had on a football pitch or, or maybe even Faddy's in, in Paris would, would Caldwell's trumpet? Um, I, th- I think uh, I, I think that, that, that the, the rush of scoring and running up to celebrate and part, jump on the pylon you know, was quickly realised by right we've got to hold out for 25 minutes so it was really brief you know, it was boom. It was the, it was more the final whistle was the the adrenaline rush. You know, the goal was we scored, can't <laughs> it. but then thirty seconds in, it was like right <laughs> back to job mode. You know, so yeah. it was that really. So it was um, it, it was more the final whistle for me. It was the the emotion emotional part. And I remember I remember walking off the pitch with on my shirt, it took to me shorts and. Tom Burns was the first one, like, and I remember jumping on him, I think, and, and hugging him, like, and it was uh, fantastic. It was just brilliant. Um, so it, it's great to be part of those because, you know, the Holland one with Faddy scoring, and I was up and you are part of it, but you're slightly detached because you want to be on that pitch. Mm-hmm. When you're on that pitch, it's, it's a great thing. Did Ribéry give you a tough time that night or did you feel well in control? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I felt in, well in control, but I, I felt I played as well as I could against it. You know, he got he got took off not long after uh, we scored. Um, I felt I, I defended against him really well, but it was a basically a one on one job. It was like that was it. There was no real covering around of the centre halves. It wasn't get forward and this that. It was stopping from creating really and. Um, you know, I like to think I could take on tactical instruction from managers, you know, wherever, and um, and that was it. And I was so determined to do my one little bit for for the team, and but that was multiplied eleven times by every other player on the pitch. You know, that that's what it took. And uh, but I was I was pleased. I must I must admit, you know, he world class star. I kept him quiet. You know, was, there was some good praise after the game. So yeah, I, I felt like I, I did my job, and. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I can look back on it now and say well, I was up against a, you know, a world-class player and I did okay. How did you feel when you found out Walter Smith was was on his way to Rangers? Gutted, absolutely good, devastated. I was, I, I was. Um, I knew, I knew the, the the pull, you know, for him. Um, and there's a little bit of me in the back of the head saying. Oh, Go on, Gaffer, look how it's going, stick with us and all this lot. But I could, you know, the pull for him to, to Rangers was massive. And um, yeah, I, there's no other way of saying it. I was, I was gutted because um, I'd never enjoyed myself so much, in, you know, uh, up to that point in my career. And, um, you know, the, the, the sort of prestige, the respect that we'd gained as, as a Scotland squad, you know, came under Walter and we, we didn't want it to change and we felt we had a, a great chance of qualifying. That, that's a big thing. All players want to be successful and they want to play on the managers that they think will help them be successful and win. And we certainly felt that way under Walter. So at that stage into the group, even though we'd only played France once, had Italy to come twice and Ukraine and France again, players at that stage, given the start we'd had, thought we're in with a shout here. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I do. I think I think because uh, like you say, the run just before that uh, campaign, that we, how we finished, you know, under, under Walter, and then going into that, and the, the France is the biggest, you know, slab of confidence you're ever going to get put on your plate. You know, it's uh, so it was. It was like, do you know what? We could do something. We could actually 
break that little hoodoo and, and get to a, a tour. We knew how tough it would be, but if you if you beat France at home, what, what more can you do after that? You've you got to follow up <laughs> against some big teams, but you know, you've proved that you can compete in a different way, not not as aesthetically pleasing as they would be against us. But it's about a result in those games and, and we, we were getting the results. Were there whispers or murmurs between the squad that Smith was, was going to leave or did it hit you like a ton of bricks? I can't, I can't, I can't I'll be honest, I can't really remember that, 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 that type of detail, to be honest. I think, um, I think when the rain, I think the first inkling, initially thinking that could happen, uh, you know, because of who it was. I, don't, I think it would have had to have been Rangers for him to do it. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't think it would have left Scotland for for anything else. Um, so it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was really disappointing. Really, uh, but not not in Walter because every every professional has to make his career. But it was just. I think we just saw it as what a fantastic time we'd had, and we had, and we didn't want it to stop. Really, was it quite a smooth transition with Alec McLeish? Um, I think it was. I think I think it's probably as smooth as it was ever going to be really you know it was uh, obviously you know the the players who knew Walter previous probably knew uh, Big Ek as well you know and, and you know from the, the Rangers connection and everything um, and, I, and I don't I think he, he was quite I think he was um, uh, he didn't have his ego in front of him Alex he, he went you know what it's working well it's a good group of players they're playing this way. I didn't think he wanted to, you know, every manager has their idea of how they want to play, but I didn't think he wanted to change it that much, if at all, because the results were good and the, the, the atmosphere was good, the feeling was good. Um, so I think he wanted just to, to run with it, really, to be fair. And um, I think that's how it sort of panned out a little bit. You described Walter Smith as the dawn. I wouldn't put Alex McLeish in that. Uh, bracket, but did he still exude that sort of vibe where when he walked into a room, people listened? Yeah, I, th- look, I think uh, I think um, I think with Bertie we had that. You know, but, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not. You know, um, it's hard, like I say, I couldn't put my finger on it with with Walter. You know what I mean? I think he, you you know his history, but Walter had a, um, Bertie had a fantastic history as well. You know, and and, and so did Alex. You know what I mean? So and and. We pay due respect to all all those managers and listen to them, you know, when they spoke. But even now, I can't think what it was with Walter. You know, it was just, you know, just there. You know, and that was. And I don't think anyone coming in would have had that same effect personally. You know, um, that that's not a, a negative on any of the managers previous or or, or afterwards. You know, and and that's including Alex. I don't I don't think Alex would say himself he had that same sort of aura that, that Walter had, but he certainly knew his stuff, and he's certainly a good manager who, who had a, a great CV. So, um, and the results showed that he did continue that run. So, um, but he, yeah, he wasn't as I think he was probably a bit more hands-on during the week than, than Walter, and that maybe gave Walter a bit of distance, it give him that sort of mythical sort of <laughs> feeling, you know, you know, you know what I mean? If, yeah, um, okay. so, um, it was probably more that, really. Well, you said that beating France at home was is the favourite result of your Scotland career. Is beating France away the most impressive? Uh, yeah, I would... I, um, 
I don't know because the first time you know you're coming from a team that hasn't had that good a time for the last four or five years so to do it for the first time is is special and it you've come the distance you've gone from where you were to to beat them is is massive but then beating them again you've got the confidence from the time before but going to France and all the talk was revenge it was a lucky result we're going to show you who was a real boss. And I think the, the previous time that Scotland played France, I think it was under Bray, I think it was 5 0 or something like His that. First game, yeah. Yeah, I think it was that. So that, that was all the build up. That was all the build up. And um, so to go and um, beat 1 0 again was like, I, I, see, I, just met, I just remember sitting in January after the game, just, just smiling and laughing. Like, just, <laughs> how have we done that again? You know, it, it was just, it was a real similar type of performance. Dig in, get the trenches ready, frustrate, you know, all the, all the doggedness of a, of a Scotland team at that point um, and hoping that we would have the quality. It was a different bit of quality. You know, the quality was in the set piece in the first game, but the quality was in Faddy's left foot and um, having the balls to do what he did, you know, bring down a, a goal kick, I think it was, and think, I'm going to shoot from 30 yards. Um, why not? And... Uh, <laughs> It, it flies in, and it, I think that was a like, where's that come from? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, when you get a set piece like in the first game, you always you're hoping you're going to score. Yeah, so there's a bit of anticipation before that. Oh, can we score off this? Mm-hmm. When he scored that, there was absolutely no thinking of him scoring a goal. It was like, can you hold the ball for us for ten seconds? So we never <laughs> breathe, the sort of thing. And he turns and does that, and it was just. Um, and I just, do you know what? I, I do remember going walking out to to. For the, it might have been the warm up, but just seeing the soul tires all over the place and the, the rampant light and just Scotland flags everywhere. I'm thinking, I'm sure we're in France. <laughs> it was just, they were everywhere. And it was just like. The, 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 fo- the footage of those national anthems is quite something. Yeah. 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 I, you know, talking about it, I can feel the hairs on, on the back of my neck and everything because it was just, that, that was one of my favourite times that, uh, when singing the national anthem. I loved that. You know, it's something I've never experienced in club football or anything like that, you know. Um, and that that was like, I'm playing for Scotland here. You know, that, that you know, I, I remember when we used to do it at Hamden with the full house. And, uh, so were you, were you a singer then? Did you belt it out? Oh, yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I, no, I, I would have felt like a phone. I, I, it was something that I actually wanted to do. You know, it's something that I dreamed of doing. You know, when I when I was a kid, and you see the the players doing that, or you know, mm-hmm. I want to be that one day. You know, the team photo at the start, the, the you know, the whole shebang, <laughs> everything. You, you know, you you wanted every you wanted to experience everything, and there was no way I was going to not sing the the flower Scotland. Not not a chance. It was it was it was parallel to playing for me. You know what I mean? And and that's. Uh, but when you're doing it in their backyard and then you, obviously the, the result was just, well, you know, just done it twice. It was, what, I, I was so, so privileged to, to be in both of those teams. What vibe did you get off the French at the end of that game? There's a very iconic shot of David Trezeguet after McFadden scores and he's standing on the, the halfway line with one hand on his hip and his other hand on his forehead like that. And his expression, his expression just reads... I can't believe this is happening again. Yeah, yeah. And at full time, what sort of vibe did you get off them? That oh my god, we've been beaten by Scotland twice 
in this group. Yeah, that, that, I felt they were more unhappy the second game than the first game. I felt, I felt there was... Uh, I, th- I, th- I think you took it against us a little bit. You know, really put, you know, like, like you weren't supposed to come here and do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it, yeah. it was that. Who do you think like, you are? How dare you? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Who do you think you are? How dare you? You know, come to our backyard. It was. It was a. It was a different feeling I felt from the first game. Um, but brilliant for us. <laughs> you know, so it was. Uh, I do. I do. I, I think there was more. Once that goal went in, there was even more pressure on them. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 look, we we frustrated them. We we did the usual game management and bits and pieces. But we and we still had to defend with our lives in front in the box and. But yeah, the, the the final whistle going there was like, you know, sometimes you know you think you do some at once, it's like, how do we do? If you do it twice, yeah, you know, no one can really go. You can't be lucky twice. <laughs> you know, that's that's how I feel it. So, you know, I still, you know, when people talk about those, and and I think for the Scot, a lot of the Scotland fans, people talk about it's almost like a romantic one that night in Paris. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, when I, you know, if I speak to Scotland sports, they, they talk about that night in Paris as mm-hmm. if it was like a, when they proposed to their wife or <laughs> you know, they got married. Do you know, yeah. That's what it feels like, you know, when, when they talk about it, that night in Paris. And, and, and I just, for me, the, the first one was special for, on a personal level, but for that, because it's the one the supporters talk about more, I think. I'm buzzing to that I played, it, played in that one. Yeah. My, my favourite game of that group were were you involved in was the 3-1 game against Ukraine at home were you involved in that game uh, I think I might have been on the bench in that one I'm not sure that, the, was... the way that that game started with Miller's header and then McCulloch scoring an absolute dream of a set piece routine yeah it was yeah I remember but that, I remember after that game that was when I allowed myself to start thinking <laughs> this, this, this could happen we've just battered Ukraine because yeah. the, the France game that we've, we've touched on of course they did have all the possession they were yeah the, the team that controlled the tempo of the match whereas against Ukraine my memory of it is that they barely laid a glove on us yeah yeah, yeah. I think I think I, by that time we'd had all those previous results and, and we'd been building up probably for 18 months two years confidence and togetherness and where playing it was just it was there for us you know um, and it was it was just the, the confidence was just running through every player and it and it I think by that time, Scotland could have put three, four different teams with different personnel and got the same performance. That, that's, that's how we felt, I think. And everyone was ready to play and everyone was ready to contribute. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was another fantastic goal because, let's, let's face it, Ukraine had some magic players in their team as well. When I was running through your list of caps, I noticed that the Italy game wasn't listed Um Am I... No, I was on the bench for that one. Yeah, as well. we were on the bench. I, I was the last one. You... The last one. Yeah, yeah, they went yeah. at Hamden where we we could have qualified if we'd beaten them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you you were around the squad then, okay? So that... yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was in the squad. I was on I was on the bench for that one as well. Um, that was another one where you go and you know you 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 drive to play is there and you want to play, but you're not. But you're that close. You just go. Just win, just get the result, just get the result. You know, I was quite confident that if we qualified, I'd have been in the squad for the finals. You know, because I'd been part of it. You know, a good part of it, and played a lot of games, and been trusted to play the, some of the big games as well. Um, I think um, 
that was the one I think. Um, yeah, how how we you know the the way the goals went, you know, it was um, that that was like I said the the glorious. We should have maybe done would have helped Bertie against Holland. That was it. It don't make it any nicer or sweeter. You still get beat. You're still not going to the tournament. So, but you look back on it. We were in a phenomenal group, you know, and the amount of points we got, no one would have even dreamt of getting those points. Um, and to get that close, it was like, it was devastating. Do you remember the, the build-up to the Italy game being different to the build-up to the Holland playoff because the Italy game was just a, a one-off 90 minutes win and we're there? Yeah, I, I think there was, yeah. I think it was as big, but I think there was... Um, I think there was an, there was a real excitement because they'd seen the results that the, the squad had got against the big teams in the big games, and and it felt like there would be a continuation of that. It, it felt it was our time to do it. That that's what I, I, it wasn't an overconfidence, it wasn't a, an expectancy, but we knew how good we were playing. That, that that was the reality of it. We knew how good we were playing. We knew the the atmosphere that we created in the squad. We knew that the supporters were all behind us. The media were all behind us. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was gut wrenching that one. That that was gut wrenching. Good. That I, I felt like a genuine. The previous time against Holland, I always felt like I was still trying to fight my way in in and out. There, I felt like a full paid up member of that squad. And you know, what I mean, right in the middle of it, and um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Because you know, you it's hard because you, but you do let yourself drift. So if we win this game, and you're thinking about what you can, what you're going to experience after that, and then yeah, but it's uh, taken away, and then um, there's there's no there's no sweet feeling after that at all. There's no there's no glorious failures. No. Um, Solace in what we'd done previous in the in the group. The end result is we didn't achieve what we tried, what we felt we we could have achieved. When That's Ferguson equalised, did you think that we're going to go on and do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, that's it. It's it's a yo-yo. You know that? Yeah, we're there. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're there. No, we're not. And that's what it was like. It, it, honestly, it was it it was like that. And. You know, I, I just felt, you know, the Holland one, it was like we, we, we saw the quality of them going when we went over there for the second leg and we were going, and you can see we're going to be after out of our skins here and, and still against Italy, but we felt we were closer to them than we'd been in the previous games. You know, we felt actually, no, we can beat these. It was a real confidence that we can beat these. Not let's hope we can beat these. No, I actually think we can. And that's a, there's, there is a different feeling that. At, at that point, I think it differs to now because I look back, for example, Belgium last year came to Hamden and just rolled us over. Um, in, in recent years, we've, we've kind of given Germany a bit of a, a scare. We gave Spain a scare in 2010. England we drew with. But back then under Walter Smith and McLeish, it truly felt like the opposition were coming to a lion's den. Like they, yeah. We were not going to let them go out of there intact at all. Whereas I, I'm not sure that that scare factor is, is there at the moment. Yeah, I think I think the um, 
the, I think the difficulty at the moment is the support has not been in there. You know, because I, I, I think we, we gathered momentum in other games up to those big games to have the crowd at fever pitch when they came into Hamden. You know, so it was a build-up of the, the other games against the not as big nations, you know, that, those sort of, that we'd won, we'd picked up form and it built up into a crescendo into those games. And then you produce the result against France and it's like, and then it turns into that cauldron of, you know, uh, you know, feeling of emotion for, for Scotland, for, for the supporters, for the players and everybody. And, um, and, and if we hadn't had the crowds in there, I don't know if we'd have had that as well. You know, I don't, I think it'd have been difficult. You know, I, they do play a part without shit when they're behind you in, in, in their full. Um, so, and, and it, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight that, you know, those, those results against France and Italy away and stuff like that. It, you know, it was a, a momentum of good results against good teams, you know, you know, Slovenia and people like that. These are good teams in Ukraine, good teams, you know, that you're beating. So, um, it's, it's, it has been difficult for Scotland. There's no getting away from that. Um, but I, I certainly don't think, you know, playing at Hamden with no supporters, it, it's not, a, I don't think it's a positive for Scotland, certainly. Um, you know, because I, I think Scotland and the, the fans and the Army and, and the players can make it a place which is hostile. Even though there's that gap, you know, between the pitch and, which was weird because when it was, I never noticed that gap when, when I played there. You know, when when the crowd was full, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like they were that far away from us. Um, but I think I think they could probably sense that now. But it's and I, and I think the top teams, and I think it's in domestic football as well. The top teams have sort of stretched away. I think the way the game's gone, how technical it's gone, and how protected those technical players are, and the level that these guys play at in their club football. For these teams, you know, you look at Belgium, the, the level these players play at week in, week out is, is frightening. It's, it's difficult to keep pace. And certainly when you're, you're not qualifying each second year or fourth year, the gap appears a, a little bit bigger, I think. So um, this is a massive opportunity for Scotland, you know, with, with what's coming up. When your, your Scotland career ended not too long after the, the Euro 2008 campaign, I suppose age will have had something to do with that but I, I can't recall did you ever officially retire from international football or did you just stop no. being selected yeah no no, no you know listen uh, I, did, I didn't officially retire so you know if Steve needs anybody you know to <laughs> sit in front of that back floor for five minutes now it's uh, <laughs> no, you know it's um, no I, I think I played my last game under under George to Burley uh, it was a win at Hamden which I'm pleased about you know against Macedonia played in midfield I think I'm. I think I was 37, maybe 38. So I was really. I'm quite proud of how long I was still selected by four different managers. You know, it wasn't just a one-off wonder. You know, you know, um, four different managers had the confidence to pick me and uh, play my 40th cap against Macedonia in midfield. Um, we won two 0 Faddy scored a, a wonder goal in that game as well. Dribbled from the halfway line and rounded the keeper. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great feeling, but I think I remember. Um, I don't. I don't remember how I came out of the squad, but I remember uh, I got. I was in the. I think I was in the Premier League then with Burnley and um, and Craig. Craig took over Craig Levine, 
and um, he came he came to meet me um, at a hotel to see if I still wanted to be involved. And of course, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I've always wanted to play for Scotland. You know, it's the pinnacle of my career. So, um, but I got injured in the in the very next game two day two day uh, two days later against Bolton. It was my first injury for probably about seven years. Um, Paul McCarth and um, and then he picked the next couple of squads and obviously I wasn't I wasn't playing I was injured and um, that and that sort of was it and I never never got back in and um, so even then I was I was still being considered under under Craig as well which was brilliant and I'd always I'd, I'd never retired from it no it was um, I would I would have done anything to play for another minute to be honest is that something that you find quite strange when players say that they don't want to be considered for international football. An example, the first one that comes to mind for me is Robert Snodgrass at the moment. Scotland are well, two games away from reaching a major championship. Snodgrass, who's been in the Scotland squad for gosh, nearly, probably nearly 10 years now, has just ruled himself out and decided that he doesn't want to be a part of it should Scotland get there or should, and he doesn't want to play in the games that could get us there. Yeah, Can you find any rhyme... Or reason behind that. I know that maybe there's personal circumstances come into it, but I, I struggle with that one to be honest. I, I, it's hard to talk on individual basis because there are a lot of things that people don't know about. You know, a lot of players play carrying injuries that need to be managed week in week out and stuff like this. You you know what pressure each player's club manager is putting them under. I, I remember when I was playing for Scotland. Um, and I was playing for Preston at the time and if it was a double header and I played in, in both or came back late on a Thursday under one manager at Preston he always rested me on Saturday and I hated it I hated it I felt, I felt like I was being punished for going away and playing from the country mm-hmm. and and I knew how it was so if it had got worse like that then it's, your livelihood is your club football so if it's costing you games then it's costing you actually being in the team and that's your livelihood Ultimately, if you're not playing club football, you're probably not going to play the country for your country mm-hmm. anyway. So there's a, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a balance. So I think no one always understands the reasons from players. You know what I mean? I can, so I can, I can see how there's different ideas. I think the pinnacle of your career is playing for your country. Um, but I, can, I, I find it hard to talk on behalf of other players. I, me personally, I don't see it. I don't see why you wouldn't want to play for your, for your country and play those big games. But there can be varying different reasons for, for why not. And, and I would think some have, can be valid. You know, I think some can be valid. Um, that that's how I feel. But it's not for me. It's not for me. It was you know that that's certainly the case. And, and a lot of the players I played with loved absolutely loved playing for Scotland and and turning up and you know you know there was a. I mean, I don't even know how many squads I was in. To be fair, I got forty caps, but there was there was quite a few that I didn't I didn't play at all. But I was in my thirties, mid thirties, late thirties, so I still still wanted to go and travel and be part of that Scotland squad and pull on that shirt and and have the opportunity to play. You know, might not have played. I got some sub appearances, but even just getting on for the sub appearance was was brilliant. So, but you know, not everyone's the same, and everyone's got their their life to live. We'll finish off then, Graham, with a, a couple of just quick questions. If you try not to think too long about your answers, just instinctive here. Okay. So, okay. who is your most talented Scotland teammate? 
James McFarlane. Who was the biggest moaner in your Scotland camp? Fergie, Barry Ferguson. <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> Good player, great quality player, but he he wanted everything on Bobby. I mean, but I got I got on well with Fergie to be fair. But um, yeah, come on. What was your best performance in a Scotland jersey? Um, I think for the team it would have been the, the first game against France. I think I, there was other games where I played better with the ball and you know uh, created more as a, as a an attacking fullback and stuff like that. But I think for what the result meant and who I was up against and I, I basically did my job exactly how I was meant to so I'd say that one. Who was your hardest opponent Scotland jersey um, Iron Robin Holland away tore me to shreds <laughs> unbelievable I couldn't get near I couldn't get near him because he was so quick and his position was ridiculous how he played on my shoulder and got him behind and then when I did get near him he fell over and won a free kick and it was like so I can't get close to you because you <laughs> win three kicks. I can't stay off you because you're just running behind me. It was like, it was 70 minutes of a blur. I, I honestly remember it. And, I, and I, it was, uh, and then Alex took me off and put Alan Hutton on. Um, I think Alan was coming back from injury or something. I'm not sure. But I'll be honest, I was like, yeah, I would have took me off as well. <laughs> yeah, he, but, he will have been his prime at that stage, probably late 2000s, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah it, it, he would have been, yeah. He was... Um, Phenomenal. I I couldn't even now. I can't go. What could I have done any different? Okay. Who was your best mate in the Scotland camp? Uh, Well, I had a couple of um, when I first joined Callum Davison, who I still speak to now. Um, You know, unfortunately, he had quite a few injuries over over the time. And but um, if I look look on there, it was Callum Davison who I played club football with and I sort of knew a little bit before. and the, the ones that I didn't know, um, I was I was quite I was quite good uh, mates with Christian Daly, and uh, you know I got on really well with him and people like that, Davy Weir, you know Scotty Gemmell and that, those guys. I think I think we had a when I first joined up, Davy Moyes had just gone to Everton, so they were asking me a lot of questions about their mm-hmm. new manager, you know, and it, but it gave me an instant couple of people to talk to in Everton, and, and they were quite, you know, I think Davy was quite a constant throughout my seven years. Mm-hmm. He was probably in the squad. All those squads as well, so um, that yeah, they were they were probably the ones I didn't know before. Good guys. Have a feeling what your answer will be for this one. Your favourite Scotland manager? Uh, Walter, yeah, yeah. Walter it was, it was fantastic. I, I, I had a good time with but Walter for, for the whole package. Your biggest regret in a Scotland jersey? Um, not scoring. <laughs> not, not scoring definitely. Uh, that that was that was that was the only one really. I want I wanted to feel that emotion of scoring for from a country. Um, you know, uh, uh, I think that was it really. I can't say anything else. I, you know, I try my best. I worked hard. I always turned up. I always wanted to be in the team. I hope I was a good teammate and a good a good player for the managers that picked me. I was one of the proudest men in the world to to actually get that privilege. And I still feel like it was the highlight of my career, bigger than playing in the Premier League for me, Um, was was playing for Scotland. So, uh, yeah, it was a a fantastic time. So, apart from not scoring, there's no regrets. And I think as well, we've touched on this, um, but your your favourite memory on the park for Scotland? Uh, Yeah, the the final whistle at... at, uh, 
at Hampden when we beat France 1-0 and walking off the pitch giving Tom Burns a hug and then seeing my family up in the stand and giving them a wave it, it, it don't get any better than that Superb Graham that has been an absolutely superb run through your Scotland career massive yeah. uh, massive thanks to you for coming on and doing that Nah, brilliant, mate. I've enjoyed it, mate. I know it's gone on a bit, so, so apologies for that. No, please don't be sorry. It should be me apologising. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, mate. No, it's uh, it's good. Good memories for me, mate. So it's, uh, you know what I mean? Enjoy talking about it. It was uh, great. Honestly, I loved it. I loved it. So any chance to relive the old time days, mate? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, Andy. Take Cheers. care, Bob. Podcast Network.